Soccer Podcast. Uh, my name is Bori, and I'm only again joined by Justin. Hey, Justin, it's that time of the year, or should I say the time of the season, where we have to talk about the Champions League, and it's coming back tomorrow. Can I actually t- let you in on a secret, Justin? Can I just tell you, and, and my wife can attest to this, I am sure. so obsessed with Champions I'm so obsessed with the with Champions League that I've committed myself to learn the lyrics um, of the <laughs> song. I'm not even joking, and it's so cool. Actually, it's actually really cool because um, maybe you know this. I I don't know. This for me, like when growing up, I would hear the song, and I would obviously sing it the wrong way because I was always thinking they were saying the champions. I thought that's all the the lines were. Even though it didn't sound yeah, like news to, it's news to me is that there that there are more lyrics. So and tell me right. tell me about it. Well, it's it's like German and uh, and French and then English. And it's I thought it was really cool actually that a song combines all of that into one song. And when you actually look at the lyrics and then understand and just like listen to the song and then look at the lyrics because actually Spotify has a good um I guess are we are we advertising Spotify? Um, anyways, Spotify has this feature where, you know, you can listen to music and then you can see the lyrics. I don't think they have that for every song. But my point is, I would see the lyrics while I'm listening to the song on Spotify. And I became so obsessed with it that my wife now sings it. And that's how, like, crazy I am about the Champions League. But um, I don't know why I'm ranting about this, but I it just made me fall in love, I guess, with this with this league. And just this cup is, is such amazing. It's so amazing. And something I've used, I used to listen to when I was very young and it's still the same song till now. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's I my, mean, my little intro. That's the case. I mean, like most, so you have, you, you know, not to give too much information, but you know, you have, you have a young son and sure. most kids grow up like, with like, you know, like uh, the wheels and the bus go round and round or, um, you know, old McDonald's. But uh, I think your son now, he's going to grow up and that's going to be a song that's just like, embedded in his head for the rest of his life is the Champions League theme song if it's gotten to the point where now your wife is singing it if that's a lullaby you you, you send him to sleep with I don't oh know. You, I mean it's almost as if you you read my oh you've been in my house <laughs> this whole time because yes I mean so actually crazy I mean my wife knows some of the AC Milan chants like she doesn't know them word for word I don't know all the chants word for word but she knows the sort of the melody of the chants which is crazy because I would just randomly start to sing them. And especially when we won the Scudetto, it was just like amazing. And so I was like learning all the songs and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with this team. And so, yeah, she hates me now because she randomly just starts singing the chant. And she's like, why am I singing this stupid song? <laughs> so anyways, um, that is just a, a quick fun fact. Do, do I do love that song, the Champions League song. And I hope it doesn't change when they change the format, which by the way, I mean, I don't, I'm sure you heard about this, and I think everyone. Right. We can. We should talk about this new format. I think for me, with change, I don't hate change. I just hate the way things are done. I I don't think I like the format. This new format. Like I love that they're trying to add more teams. I just don't think I love this new format. I'm still trying to grapple in my head how that's mm. how that's going to work. Do you do you love that they're trying to add more teams? Because we already get enough lopsided well, matchups in the Champions I, League. The way I see it is, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying, but the way I see it is more chances for 
upsets, but yes, we'll have the occasion. Manchester City beating a team 9-0, right? And that's not good for the image. But let's be honest, that's what Americans want, right? <laughs> because they always complain about how low scoring the game is. Not so, me, not this American. Um, so and, well, exactly, I, exactly, exactly. I I appreciate. I mean, like you know, this applies also to the. I, in a very different way. Obviously, Champions League, we'll talk about it maybe at the end of the season or before next year about, um, especially when we get to the end of the season and the changes, the implications on some of the top leagues in num- and the number of teams that are going to qualify, right? So it's like, it's a possibility of Spain or England getting five qualification slots as opposed to four, right? right. So we'll have to talk about that at the end of the season. We'll talk about like the new format for the Champions League. It's going to be like, you know, the whole league system and mm-hmm. everything. Um, obviously world cup is also changing its format in 2026 yeah. mm-hmm. in a different way, also expanding, but in a different format. But all I got to say is like, you know, maybe, maybe it's like one of those things where like you, you become like an old curmudgeon and like, you know, like you want to hold on to those things that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like things were always better back in my day kind of situation, but like right. the 32 team, eight groups of four, two teams qualify. That's just like, it's so simple. It's, it's a simple, perfect format. So I'm gonna be I, I'm I'm actually a little bit bummed to see it to see that format uh, disappear, but we'll see. Maybe maybe the new one will be good also next year. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I yeah I think it's one of those where it has to start first and then maybe I mean I'm sure I'll still fall in love with it, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but that said, as you as we've already alluded and talked about Champions League, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I can't wait to get into all the groups. So. There's no exact format to how we're going to do this, but we're just going to go from groups groups A to whatever the last group is. Is it, is it G? I can never know what alphabet. But anyways, we're going to go all the way down to group H, actually, I should say. Right. Um, group so, G I mean, is... it, it, which is a, the, the, the logical and easy way to go about previewing this. Uh, <laughs> next year, when yeah. it's a league system, it actually will make our preview show much more difficult also. <laughs> of course. And so. then we'll be talking about how do we – are we talking about them in sorted – Sorted order or whatever. Right, we'll I don't even want to think about it. We'll figure I, it what, what I do want to think about is uh, my favorite team, Arsenal, back in the Champions League for in the first time in many years. Wait, you're jumping the gun. Should we start with Group A? Why? Why do you always? No, want no, to no. I'm just. First? I just why had to get it like out this? there. I'm just excited. Why? <laughs> I'm just hey, excited. Congrats. I, just, I had to get it out wait, there. It's the first. You know, let's let's start with Group A first, and then we'll talk because I have yes, some yes, questions yes. about Arsenal. Um, but yeah, Group A is Bayern, United, Copenhagen, and Galatasaray. Um, obviously, uh, there's, there's one team here that probably stands out for for everybody, which is, is United, because they've been plagued with a lot of, you know, uh, things off and on the pitch. Um, recently, just uh, lost to Brighton 3-1, uh, which um, I don't know if you saw this, Justin. There was a video of the build-up play for, I think, the second or third goal for Brighton, which looked amazing. It was like, whatever, 60 or whatever ch- touches. It looked like a prime Barca team uh, going to score. I don't, did you see that play by chance? I did. I watched, I actually watched this match. And yeah, I mean, they're not in the Champions League, but like really like, you know, Brighton, they look Champions League quality. Right, they 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 look great, and that sequence of play, especially. Oh, you're. I can see you look in your face though. You're about to. Yeah. Look. Is this a comment more about? You're not asking me about Brighton, are you? You're asking me about who was playing well, against, against Brighton. Well, yeah, exactly. And then, okay. well, I mean, okay, so I'm not saying Brighton has not played very awesome football. I mean, this is not the, just the season, right? That's they did that last season. 
Um, I think last season there were a lot of bad teams. Like, for example, Chelsea is not in the Champions League. Liverpool is not in the Champions League. So that really tells you, and Newcastle, again, not saying that Newcastle doesn't deserve it, but, you know, just tells you what last season looked like. This season, yeah, they started good. Uh, I think I, I'm not trying to hate on them, but obviously I, one thing I like about them is they've lost McAllister, for example. They've lost Caicedo, and they're still, you know, beaten, right? Um, we'll see how long that lasts, but... I think it's just a continuation of last season where some things are just bad, um, and and we're seeing that. But yeah, United especially. I mean, you can tell that there's a lot of issues there, um, and we can talk about that um, if you want it because I, I'm ready to talk about this team. Yeah, because I don't let's understand. Okay, so let's into, so let's, let's, let's just, yeah, let's just let's just talk about the elephant room. Obviously, two of the players now have been. Uh, charged in the past or or accused allegedly of of uh, domestic violent issues, which is uh, uh, frankly embarrassing. Honestly, should be, you know, if 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 proven that they they actually committed this offense, should be lead to an expulsion because this is something that we we cannot encourage the young boys that are watching the game these days to sort of, to, you know. It's not normal that that we're having this. I mean, we've had this in the past, but like it shouldn't be happening, especially now that you know there's a lot of information about and awareness about domestic issues. But so that there's that situation, and there's the off the pit uh, on the pitch, or maybe let's say in the dressing room or on the training ground, the issues uh, with the Sancho situation, um, and and just Ten Hag, you know, in general with his tactics, right? So. A lot to cover here. I don't even know where to, to start, to be honest. But, um, you know, I guess we can start with the on-field issues. Um, it seems like this team... I guess, oh, also, I think you said, you called something before we started recording. You said, what, United has, what, five defenders? Is that... Could we attribute that as a problem that they're actually facing? Well, yeah. Just for... there's, yeah, there's a few things. We, I mean, we have so only so, many, oh, so much time, right, to talk about all these right. things, like... We should be tactical, tactical about what we're going to, how we're going to talk about United, but like the injuries, injury bug that has plagued them is a big thing. Uh, like, you know, on top of all their other issues. Um, yes, their defense is very thin and they're thin and other, like, you know, because of injuries and other, like you said, as you alluded to um, off field issues that are unacceptable. They are also very thin on some of their offensive wing um, on the right wing in particular. But um Let's talk about like on field tactically. Tactically, when you think about United in the year 2023, going into their first Champions League match versus Bayern Munich, for instance, which Oof. is what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. What do you see on the field in terms of performance? Um, who who's who on the offense can like can score? Who on the offense is their dynamo at this point in time? Yeah. So to be honest, I, I think was it like the first two games or so Rashford was playing in the center or quasi center, and that was before Hoyland was past fit. And, um, and let's be honest, when Martial Martial was okay, I felt like in the first or second game, and then it was like crap in the last game. But my point is Martial was also injured, and he only recently came back from injury, actually. But, right, um, yeah. right. Okay, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I guess. What I'm trying to say is like when I when I watched the Brighton United game, I didn't think necessarily United were like bad bad. I think they were definitely weren't clinical. Um, I thought Rashford played really well. Like he was actually doing well on the left wing, and that's because that's his preferred 
position. And so he was effective, in my opinion. Um, could he have passed more and, and, and not be, I don't want to say selfish, because I, I think he deserved to take some of the shots that he was taking. But could he have been more sharing of the ball, especially to a, a young star like, like Hoyland? I think he could have done more of that. But um, I thought United were, otherwise, they were they were good in front. I think the issue is is, is the defense, right? And, and you can see that. And, and with the midfield, right? Like, um, um, uh, who I can't remember. I know I know McTominay played. Um, Bruno Fernandez will always be Bruno Fernandez. But my point is like, I think going forward they're not too shabby. They don't have that. I mean, okay, Hoyland is is the number nine, but they don't. How do I put it? He he's still new, okay. So we can't really say we're gonna count on him to be the the main striker right now. So for for that reason, I would say let's say they don't have a solid number nine. So they are essentially just trying to play with um, Rashford. And now Anthony is gone. So I mean, not that he was that effective anyway, but mm. I think going forward they're okay. I think the issues become in the midfield. Being able to run around and track all the other midfielders and 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 track the play and patterns of all of the of the other teams, which obviously they're going to struggle against buying for that, right? And then defensively, which is like the main issue right now, which is you know you said earlier that they have about five defenders across the board um, that are fit, um, and so that is the issue. I mean, they conceded three goals against uh, Brighton, so that's not because. They were bad up front. I think it's because they were bad in the midfield and, and in the defense. So, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like I think the um, I think you nailed it with the midfield is I think an area of particular concern. I mean, there's a lot of fires to put out at this point in time for United. Um, the decline of Casemiro has been a huge detriment to them in terms of like how they can recover when teams such as Brighton or other teams like are counterattacking or moving quickly, um, playing the ball with, with ease through the midfield, they don't really have anybody capable of, um, st- stymieing those efforts. Like, you know, stymieing that, that, that those advances and slowing it down because their defense obviously is, uh, very weak at this point mm-hmm. in time in particular with the injuries and everything. Uh, when you have, you know, whatever you're pulling from Lindelof, Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans as your center backs. Um, you kind of got, you want to give them as much time as possible to prepare to get, to get ready. You don't want them to be defending at a sprint running backwards. Um, but I don't think the midfield with Casemiro's kind of, um, I don't know. He just looks, he just looks off. He looks off the ball. He looks a little off pace right now and, and yeah, right. they don't really have anybody else. I mean, like they're going to, they have their new acquisition, um, Amrabat, um, so we'll see how he gets integrated. I think he, you know, he can play defensively. Uh, he plays as a number six typically, so maybe he can do something um, in Casemiro with, when either in a pairing with Casemiro or in lieu of Casemiro when you know he needs a break. But um, I would be concerned as a United fan. Think again, like looking at like a matchup against you know Bayern Munich, right? Um, you know. Uh, I would not, I would not be looking forward to, uh, you know, I'd be dreading yeah. some of the matchups on the field in terms, in the midfield in particular, you know, Bayern's midfield versus like United's midfield, like it, they, they just don't really compare. Um, right. Real right. quickly though, about your point with like Rashford, I heard like, you know, I was listening to 
the Manchester United fan, uh, the, the fan cast from the athletic uh, talk of the devils, I think it's called. And they, mm-hmm. they pointed out that I think last game, that Brighton game that you watched, those uh, Rashford actually took more shots on target than he had ever had in his career. I think. In oh, league, okay. Which was, like, I didn't even deal. know that. And yeah. I think, you know, like you could ask him a United fan, maybe they know better, but I, I believe that Rashford ha- perhaps has a bit of a reputation of being, um, you know, he, he plays hero ball, like, right. That's, that's, and he, with to, to great effect sometimes um, right. he's, he's lethal with both feet, but um, he is, he is. I think, I think, yes, I think going for, you know, maybe if he can change that play style and start to like link up with Hoyland who looks, you know, mm-hmm. he looks very aggressive and he's, he's getting to the right positions. Mm-hmm. If those two can link in terms of, and then, you know, get Bruno Fernandez involved as well maybe they, they, they i think their offense could click um but yeah mm-hmm. the midfield and defensive issues i think you know you, you you gotta triage your issues like you know right <laughs> they've got a lot of problems i think the ones in midfield and defense are more pressing at this point in time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no, that's fair and I, I i love i love what you said there um and i you know yeah i, I thought rashford looked good but um so so let's let's uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what else we can say about this team other than um, I think if they're playing a team like Bayern Munich, they need to essentially just sit deep and then counter. I, I think that's the only way I can think of them playing tomorrow I mean, or, or whenever they're playing. They tried that tactic again when they were at the Emirates against Arsenal, right? <laughs> and, you know, I, you, know, I, you know, I love my gunners, but Bayern is... That's, you know, as far as we know, at this point in time, we will have to see how the Champions League starts to play out this year. But like, you know, everyone would assume Bayern or, you know, maybe even a, a half step above Arsenal. So I don't know if that tactic's going to work out so great if you're if you're on the road and you're you're going to try and sit back like that. And yeah. Hit, hit it on the counter. Well, I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't been working out so far for them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I feel. I, I just feel like you have the right um a uh, keeper for that right so imagine they bangs attacking he gets the ball just gets the long balls for rashford right i mean that should be the play but obviously Bayern Munich also has uh kim kim min jay who who mm-hmm. i think i think he won the best defender in syria last season um then upamakano who i <laughs> I don't know how he keeps getting to play in, in all these big teams, but I don't think it's actually yeah. that good. But okay, um, I actually am also hearing agree that, that. Yeah, yeah, I think they're trying to extend his contract or something. I, I was here. I was like, am I blind or are they blind? I can't tell. Um, but anyways, so real quick, um, just talking about Bayern. By the way, I know we think Bayern is gonna just walk through the park and and they'll be good. Bayern has actually. I don't think they've actually been particularly the same Bayern that we know. So to your point of view saying, okay, sure. Like, I don't know about Arsenal, right? Like, I don't know. I would actually say it's a 50-50 between Bayern and Arsenal, at least the way Arsenal is playing right now. Um, but I would say that Bayern is not looking so hot. I don't think, too, I think Tuchel is being effective and he's also been complaining a lot. So I think that sort of brings down the team. He's also having these issues with like Kimmich, who keep 
I don't know if you heard about this whole debacle, but apparently, like, Tuchel was complaining to the media one time, and he was saying, I don't have a number six, blah, 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 blah. And then they asked Kimmich in a future interview, and he was like, I'm a number six. <laughs> you know, like, and Kimmich is, is number six. So my point is, like, I don't, I think Tuchel's tactics of try, trying to always complain that he had in Chelsea, um, he's bringing that here, and Bayern is like a no-nonsense team. You can't just talk to your superiors like that, essentially. Um, so I I think Bayern... Bayern are good now, I guess, because Kane has been has joined him and has strengthened the team. But I would say they're not as lethal as we think of. And I like, even though I think Bayern will definitely beat United tomorrow or on Wednesday, I just don't see. I don't see them just walking through it, right? Uh, but it's also United and and Brighton just walk through them. So I don't know what to expect, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean we should, you know. Caveat, we should remember that uh, a Bayern that's not firing at full strength, as the criticism has been so far this year, you know, they're still undefeated in Bundesliga. You know, they have a plus seven goal differential. Kane is fired. You know, he looks like he's just gelling right into the team right from the get-go. Um, I do hear you on the Tuchel things in terms of, like, maybe off the field, on the field, tactical um, tensions between players and coach, like, and, you know, ownership and coach um this is a that's just like you know i said this last year when Tuchel got fired like this is what Tuchel does like mm-hmm. you know people people are saying chelsea made a mistake by firing him but like i honestly you know he he, he makes him he makes untenable situations for himself and i'm actually mm-hmm. he's like speed running at this time up on uh, at bayern because like you said you know they, they're a club that don't really they, they're no nonsense so I, I don't really know how this is going to play out for him god forbid they lose right. against united for instance or they have kind of a, a slow start to the Champions League group stage. And I think Tuchel would be immediately in the hot seat if that was to happen. Right. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he is going to leave. And um, I can't remember the last coach's name, but apparently he's still on the payroll. So maybe they'll bring him back. Um, was, but Was it was it Flick? Was no, it? no. Um, the, the young guy. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on his oh, name. But anyways, yes. I'll remember eventually. Don't worry. Um, but anyways, so so yeah, so that is the first game. I've not watched Copenhagen this season. I, I'm not sure if you have, and I've not watched Galatasaray this season, oh, except for during the playoffs, because I know there were there was a lot of noise around that. Um, but um, do we smell an upset here? And the reason why I'm saying that is because Galatasaray actually looks like a more a much more again. Yes, they're playing in the Turkish league. I get it. But given the way United are playing so far, I wouldn't be surprised if they are the a team that could get out of this group ahead of United, which would actually fit United because maybe they are a Europa League team. Um, and we've not even talked about Copenhagen, who we could get uh, we could get a surprise from them. Yeah, I think yeah, I agree. Copenhagen could could throw a surprise in there. I don't think they're gonna get out of the group, but they could like make. Some they could ruin someone else's day, I think. United, um, United's in particular, yes. But um, you know, maybe one of the other two sides. Um, I think that you know they're known for having a very like um, a resolute presence when they're playing at home. So like maybe traveling to Denmark, that'll be like difficult for some people, for some of the teams. Um, and but yeah, I I think Galatasaray, they you know they were act very active in the transfer market this summer. Um. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they have a who's who of players who didn't pan out in like, you know, yeah. bigger yeah. sides, but that's okay. You know, sometimes like, you know, I'm talking about like, um, Zayek, uh, Zayic, uh, Zaha, um, who else they got there? Lucas Torreya from, from Arsenal's mm-hmm. once uh, midfielder. Um, Don't they have Icardi also? They do. They have, yep, they have Icardi now. So they have like, uh, you know, and that's fine. Like, exactly. I, you know, I think that's a fine career choice for some of these players to take that slight step down. But you get to play Champions League, almost your guaranteed Champions League play. And Galatasaray have, you know, they're they're no slouch. They, you know, they right. they also speaking of places that have are very difficult to travel to and play. You know, obviously it's a long travel right. to get all the way to um, Turkey, and they have a very active fan base. So it's a tough place to play. So I, what do yeah. you think? Who, who who do you have if you had to pick yeah. today so before the I, games have played? I think we're yeah, I think we're probably both in. A, I mean, not probably. We are in agreement that Bayern will have no issues in this group. I think I'm caught in between here because um, Galatasaray are. Uh, I believe they're unbeaten this season so far. Also, um, so they have a streak going. Um, and they have all the awesome players that you've listed. So I, I don't. I so so one thing I would say that is making me putting me on the fence. So I look at the injury list for United and I see the potential returns and and these are potentials. So we don't know what's actually going to happen, but um, I see that um, by the time they play second leg, um, theoretically, by the way, this is all theoretical. By the time they play second leg, we'll have Malasia back. Um, even though I think Dalo is very good at the. Oh, actually, Malasia is is a left back, I think. Um, but yeah, we have Malaysia back. We have Amrabat. We have Mount, um, and I think Varane is also slated to be back before this the second game. So you know we're talking about players that can definitely reshape this team or make them more resilient um, and and maybe win games. So that's that's where I'm like, okay, maybe the United will be fine, um, right? But it all depends on on the mentality at that time, right? And, and the patterns of plays that. And if they are able to instill, you know, sort of put in the pattern of play that um, that Ten Hag wants, right? So I think I think because of that, I'm sort of I'm giving the edge slightly to United because I think by the second game they would have a more robust team. Uh, but yeah, that that's it's a star, right? Like if all these teams or somebody else gets injured, like maybe for example like a Rashford or, or Bruno Fernandes, then we're talking about a different conversation here, right? So. So yeah, I, maybe I'll just give the the slight edge to United, um, just because of the injury potential return dates of the people that are injured currently. How about you? Um, I was actually just while you were talking, I was going to I was looking to see in the first leg whether United were going to Turkey or whether Galatasaray were coming, they, whether they're hosting Galatasaray in the first leg, and they are at home which is like a a blessing for them. So they don't have to do that long travel with that thin squad. Um, so I'm actually going to, with that in mind, and, you know, assuming fingers crossed if you're a United fan that these injury recovery times are accurate and people start to come back. Um, Hoyland, I think, you know, he starts to gel. Um, I think he could be a very dangerous player. So I'm actually going to agree with you. I think it's going to be Bayern and United battling against Galatasaray, but United will sneak into the knockout stages. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So, Justin, I'm going to let you talk about your Arsenal now. We're going to group B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're going to say these well, things like, oh, we're back, we're back. <laughs> no, I, 
No, I mean, like, I, no, you know me. I don't usually, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always, at least in the podcast, I try to remain pessimistic. Maybe it's a, um, it's a, um, you know, superstition thing. But um, also, I don't think Group B, the group that Arsenal is in, um, is a particularly exciting group to talk about. This may be, no joke, you know, besides Arsenal, um, this may be the worst Champions League group I've ever seen, I think. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Um, I mean, let, let's just even talk about the group. We're talking about Sevilla, I think, who just finally won a game, I believe, Uh the season. Lons, who have not won a game so far, I believe, this season. Uh, they've been horrible, even though they were so phenomenal, phenomenal last season. And then PSV, who's, who's been winning a lot of games, actually, this season. Um, so, I mean, that's... Honestly, why were you playing this group? Like, like just say, okay, Arsenal, like, the, the remaining three should just play each other, and one person should come out. Arsenal should just get a walk walk through the park, and, and that's amazing, right, for Arsenal. I mean, they still have to get the job done. But. Well, they still got to get the job done right. That's right. But this is, I mean, I, we talked about it last week. I said that, you know, this group is, it's giving Europa League. Like, the whole, this, this literally could be, like, this could be a group from Europa League from, like, prior seasons, right? This right. exact group, these exact teams. Um, PSV, they won, um, they won Eredivis last year, I believe. So they are, they're dangerous side, potentially. Um Sevilla is, you know, they are the champions of Europa League. <laughs> they are, that's that's their competition. And I think they are on track and on target to return to their favorite competition, um, maybe find greater success there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I my, my biggest fear as an Arsenal fan is, you know, it's a Champions League. When those players take the take the field and they hear, you know, especially for players who have not been in this soccer, uh, you know, players like who have not been in this position before, like Saka, Martinelli, um, Ben White, like those types of players. You already talked about that infamous, you know, that the Champions League anthem, the one that like just gets your spirits like soaring. Um, I think when they take the field, they will realize the gravity of the situation. And I just, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they, you know, even though the competition may not look great on paper in this group, that they will then, you know, they, they, they will be ready. They'll be firing at all cylinders from minute one um, in the Champions League. That's my fear. Come Wednesday against where they play PSV, like you know, is like making a mistake in like the first like five ten minutes, which is kind of like mm-hmm. for some reason that's like something that Arsenal likes to do in these sorts of situations. Yeah. And, they, and then they obviously have to like fight back for the rest of the game. So okay. um, barring that, yeah. barring that, then yes, I, I think they should be able to to handle this group pretty pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, and I think that their biggest threat is is PS PSV, who again I right. think they've not lost a game this season. So yes, they're playing the Eredivisie. Um, they did have to go through the the playoffs against Rangers, and and they were able to to beat them comfortably. Um. I'm trying to figure out that first game, and you're right, because they have a very tricky first game, although they're home, uh, Arsenal. Um, so you're thinking that if they don't play that, if they get the jitters or somehow realize, oh, snap, this is you know the Champions League, and they're playing this team that is all attacking, they score so many goals. I mean, let, okay, let's just even paint the scenario. They lose in the first game. Are you picturing that that 
cascades and affects them with the other teams? Are, are no. You, like that's a possibility. Okay. I actually don't think I, I think if any honestly like I think that would light a fire under their ass like you know uh, I think okay. that would be all over them if that was to happen so it would not be a, a, you know it would be for all the fans who are going to be seeing Champions League football played at the Emirates Stadium in London for the first time in so many years it would be a huge letdown so maybe the fan reaction is going to be I mean I, I know all you all the, everyone else who's not an Arsenal fan has been missing getting their whatever Arsenal fan TV um, fix so you know <laughs> I'm sure they'd be ap- apoplectic over there, but other than that, I think um, you know, I think things will turn out okay, and I don't anticipate right, losing. So I think I think they're gonna. It's so gonna be what I'm hearing, yeah. What I'm hearing is we we want Arsenal to lose for the entertainment on Arsenal fans. You, any, yeah. of course, I'm sure. I'm sure any <laughs> non-Arsenal fans, that's what they're hoping for, of course. All right. Well, I think Arsenal is gonna win this group, and and I think the other team here will be PSV. So I think it's a question of. Really, the question is who's going to be top in the group, uh, which, you know, I will think Arsenal will do that. But again, yeah. we got to see the first game, actually. That would be a very interesting interesting game on, on, on Wednesday to see how Arsenal does against PSV. And I think that would dictate quickly how the sort of who's going to be first and second um, in, the, in the group. So... Congratulations to you, Arsenal. That's all I can say. Congratulations for winning the group. Honestly, um, well deserved. Well, <laughs> Hopefully don't I'm say not that. Don't jinx it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. All right. Let's move on to Group C. Um, this one is an interesting group. Um, and we have Napoli, Madrid, Braga, and uh, Union Berlin. So, um, can we start with Napoli? Uh, we gotta talk. I mean, we gotta somehow bring Syria into this podcast, right? Like I'm a Syria fan. Um, I'm not sure if you've been watching Napoli this season, but they've been they've been different. Let's just put it that way. They're not the same lethal, like ooh, scary Napoli. Um, but I think they're getting warmed up. Um, they did lose their first game this season last week against Lazio, and then they tied with Genoa last season uh, last uh, weekend. Um, so, eh, I don't know. I don't know what to say here, but um, I think just on the surface of it, I think we'll say Real Madrid and Napoli will get out of this group. Um, but if Napoli is not firing, then we're, we could be talking about another team. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think Napoli is still high on their two win, so maybe that's part of it. But they don't just seem they don't seem as clinical as as last season. That's for sure. Any thoughts? Well, uh, you tell me, because I actually have not seen Napoli play yet this season. Um, is What is your take on um, one of your most – a player that I know is on your – top of your list as, in terms of, like, exciting talents, um, Victor Osunian. Is he – Osunian? Yeah. yes. Is he looking like he's uh, shaping up to be a player of the now and the future? Or was he a flash? Yeah, there's some. Oh no, 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 no. He's firing he's real away. Deal. He's definitely, he's definitely the real deal. I mean, he just even scored. Uh, I think it was a a hat trick or a brace or a hat trick. I think, uh, albeit against a, a small country in Africa, but um, he was uh, on fire in the, the international game uh, last, you know, the weekend before this last one, um, and. Uh, yeah, and uh, Faradskelia is still hot, 
you know, he's still caught on the left mm-hmm. wing, but I think people are sort of just knowing his game now and they're sort of finding him out, if you know what I mean. Um, right. I think, I think Napoli's, I think where they've sort of lost that confidence is defensively. So they lost, you know, arguably the, the best defender in, in Syria last season. Um, and so now they have, they're having to play Ramani um, in the defense, which, you know, I would not put that guy on my enemy's team. So, um, just to give you a picture there. Um, then De Lorenzo is doing well, and Juan Jesus, I don't know. It's like, basically, defensively, I don't think they have that confidence. When Kim Inge was there, they had the confidence, and I think that really helped them going forward. And I think that's the prob- the issue with them this this season. And then, of course, you have Spalletti is out, right? So Spalletti was their coach, and now he's the coach of Italy, and... Now they have the former Maceo coach, who I'm for some reason always forgetting people's names now. But uh, my point is, they are a different team. Um, they they are not replicating what happened last season yet. Um, they still look threatening in some flashes, and that's pretty much it. Defensively, they're weaker. So against a team that maybe can sit deep and then. And, and counter, then they will lose. They will lose. And and we're talking about teams like, you know, I'm sure uh, like Union Berlin, who has been who mm-hmm. been hot and cold this season. Um, so these are teams that like they could theoretically beat them, but with the sort of shaky defense, it becomes like a question mark, right? So, um, but yeah, that said, um, I think Napoli will still have they have all it takes to get out of this group, but it's it's not like done, right? It's one of those things where we have to actually see how they fare against the the three other teams. Any thoughts right. about Madrid? Because that's the other team on this on this. Uh, well, I was gonna say this. I think yeah, the way the way you just described Napoli, it sounds like they could be vulnerable to counterattacking teams, like I, you know, which I think is a description that could fit Braga and Union Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, one team I don't think there's any questions about is Real Madrid. Who I think, well, oh, not, maybe not <laughs> going forward. I don't know, but yes, you're right. Um, I think. Finish your thoughts. Sorry, I, I stopped you there, but go ahead. No, I I, I think you know Madrid. Look, I, I think they they are gelling. Um, in particular, there's their new midfield addition, Jude Bellingham. And I think once, and he's not even fully settled yet, but he's already looks like he's a superstar and a, a, a real Galactico. And I think there's one, you know, you're talking about great passing sequences that led to goals. Uh, you're talking about like, you know, in the um, Brighton game earlier, but like the lead up to the goal, I think it was, uh, was it their second goal? One of their goals this weekend, I saw like, mm-hmm. you know, from um, a few videos of the passing sequence that led to that. And they just, you know, they, they look, I think they look great. They're offensively going forward. I think Madrid look fantastic. And I think they right. they are they are gonna I think they're gonna cruise through this group, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I think this group they they wouldn't have a problem. And they are one of the you know, they're unbeaten this this season. Um they've only played one, I would say this season tough team, um, which is Athletic Club. Um and I don't know. I, I feel like Justin, on you know the Madrid fan that we know, is probably gonna kill me for saying this. 
so right now they're still winning even with without Vinicius Jr., which is impressive. I just think against really tough opponents, like like for example against Real Sociedad, right? They they won that game. They came back one zero down, and I'm looking at this team like it looked like they labored to get that victory, which they I'm not saying like they are the kings of com, com uh, they're the kings of of comebacks, right? Like they that's what they do, but I'm just trying to think like. It didn't seem convincing to me, right? And, and this has been the res- same results in, in previous games that they played this season. Yes, they're winning, but they don't seem conv- they don't seem like, oh, I don't want to play that team kind of team, you know, right? Like, I, it seems like, okay, if they play like an Arsenal, and I'm not trying to gas your team up, but if they come up against a really tough opponent, will they be able to be that opponent? Like, that's the thing I've not seen this season. I don't have any evidence to tell you that, yes, they will be that team conf- confidently, right? So I think, yes, they will nice. finish the group good. They'll be fine. But after that, I'm just like, oof. We gotta I, see well, that's why I was saying they're run. gelling. And they so they won't have to play a team such as that until the new year, right? Like until, like, whatever, round of 16. Right, sure. So sure. I think they have plenty of time to get it together and, like, fix whatever like you said, they haven't lost yet. Um, even if they, whatever in whatever areas they're laboring, um, currently, I think they will have worked it out by then. That's just the Real Madrid way. I don't know, especially in this competition. I, I just we'll like, see. you know, it's I can't bet against them that that they're, right. they're, they're right. going to like hit and some momentum why... and they're going to answer like the questions, right? Right. Listen, and listen, that's listen. Why as a oh as a, as a newly as a new as a new Real Madrid fan because our best. <laughs> Our best uh, coach and keeper, Kepa Rizabalaga, is now playing for this team. I can let you know that you guys are underestimating Real Madrid, and you guys keep forgetting that in the group stages, they historically don't always dominate. I mean, do I need to remind you guys of the t- of the season where they lost to one Sheriff, a team named Sheriff, only for them to go all the way to the final, right? in the most improbable of ways and win the entire tournament. I think that's one thing that, that Real Madrid has is just in their DNA. Unfortunately, it's, it's just, they, they turn it on when, when they need to. And this group, Bori, I'm with you. They won't have any issues, but I think there's one dark horse in this team and this group. And that's a uh, union Berlin that you guys are overseeing. Um, I'm surprised Bori, you didn't even mention, uh, one city I legend who is now um, pretty much shepherding that back line and Leonardo Bonucci, who joined Union Berlin along with the American Messi, Brandon Aronson, along with uh, Robin Gozens, along with Juranovic from Croatia. So they have a lot of big names and experience there. Um, I think this is not a team to be overlooked. I mean, they've already been making waves in the Bundesliga this season. So I feel like that well, could be I, a dark horse for coming out of this tournament, for coming out of this group and giving Napoli a yeah, for yeah. their money. For Napoli, yes. No, I, yeah. think, I think Union Berlin was, was, was the wave last season. I think this season... Um, They've been half good and half bad. I'll just put it that way. Um, because I think they've lost two games so far this season. And again, like, I don't... It, it's hard. Like, it's hard to follow your 
you know, these are the, the, the issues with smaller teams, right? Like it's you can't always follow what you did last season because that's what the big teams do. Um, I just, yeah, I don't see. Obviously, I see Real Madrid going away from this group. I don't see Napoli falling to Union Berlin or, or um, you know, um, or, or Braga. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You want to, you want to know what's funny? The exact same thing what? you just said about Union Berlin could be said about Napoli this season. You right, could right, say right, that right. last exactly. season was exactly. the season well, for I them think... to take it. Napoli's yeah. already drawn one and lost one this season. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Napoli. Yeah, I said that earlier. Like, actually, yeah, Napoli is not looking good. But I think against the side like Union Berlin and Braga, I think they they have all it takes. I mean, it would be embarrassing if they don't because they are literally more powerful. In the offense, down you know, for all these defenses that we're seeing here with Braga and Union Berlin, and I've never, I've not even watched Braga this season. That's how confident I am in in, in that. But uh, that, okay. hey, all, all I was trying to say here was, I know people are gonna kill me for this, but um, Real Madrid don't look convincing to me. But again, yes, you're right. In the past, we've always said that, and then they somehow win or get to the final, which is a mystery. Cool. So, Vinny, are you All saying right, well, we? I think we have Bori and I. I think are agreed on Madrid, and then Napoli. Although they may Napoli may have some struggles, but Napoli finishing second in the group. Are you going to pick Union Berlin to to fin- get to get out of this group? Yes, I am. I'm going to go with Union Berlin to right. shock and awe. Um, I'm also going to put a wrench into all of this. I'm going to say Napoli first over Madrid. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. That's, hey, I'm just that's, trying to make it interesting. That's, that's older than Union Berlin making it out, but good for you. <laughs> that's, that's not. I mean, Real Madrid could, could flop in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the group stage and then just somehow win it. Um, anyways, all right, let's go to Group D. Um, Benfica, Inter, Salzburg, and Real Sociedad. This is actually a low-key, tough group. It's it's actually, yeah. I mean, I know we have the group of death, but this group is not is not easy. I don't. I mean, okay, Inter Milan had a wild game last weekend. Let's not talk about that. So obviously they may be the standout here. They've not lost a game either this season um and then you have Benfica and you have Salzburg RB Salzburg and then you have Russell Sociedad these are actually three good teams um apart from Inter uh I don't know who I would pick apart from Inter that would leave this group but it, it's I, I would call this group the second group of death which is right for the the letter D any any thoughts there I think, yes, I think this is a low-key tough group. I think the best of the rest after Inter, though, is um, it's, I think it's got to be, it's got to be Benfica, um, who have looked really good in the Portuguese league. They, oh, I think they consistently look good. I think they do good in knockout competitions um, in Europe. Um, they, they've lost once this year, and it was like in a really, it was like, you know, a, a really fluky game. Where there was like you know mm-hmm. they got a, there's two there's a multiple red cards and I think there's you know two two goals in the after the 90th minute um, which led them to lose so um, I think they they look like the real deal and I I would expect them to get out of the group um, along with Inter 
and well, don't worry, Barry. Barry, we'll we'll talk more about um, the the Milan Derby when we get to Group F. I also uh, do that. You know, this this is a group of the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son returns. No, I'm not talking about Lukaku to Inter. I'm talking about Di Maria to Benfica. All right, Di Maria coming back and kind of just you know where he got his, um, I guess, what opened the door, the team that opened the door for him for stardom in Europe, um, going back home, I think has really elevated Benfica. I mean, in the past uh, few seasons, we've seen the Portuguese teams uh, do better, right? Um, we've seen Porto um, knock out, uh, who was it, Juventus with the Cristiano Ronaldo, when Cristiano Ronaldo was there. Um, you know, we've seen Sporting um, take on, you know, Arsenal, for example, knock them out of, of Europe. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, Benfica, who actually does have um, a pretty solid squad, you know, they're not by all means, you know, like, right. uh, superstars, but they do have um, a good mixture of like uh, young and experienced players. So for give me, us a couple, I, give us a couple I, of those I, names. Uh, okay, so Di Maria would be first, um, led by David Neres, who's actually uh, was. He can't see up- though. He can't see. David Neres is in the blind. No, I'm joking. I, I feel bad what? saying that actually because, but you know the way he like looks, you know when he. He, he's like he almost like squints his eyes every this, time. This podcast, hey, this podcast, we're we're above that, boy. We don't make jokes about people's <laughs> yes. appearance. I'm, just, uh, okay. I was just, I'm sorry, I feel anyway. bad. I'm sorry. All right, I'll go with people who can see. So, uh, Nicolas Otamendi <laughs> um, has an eye for red cards, but Wal- he can see. World Cup, World Cup uh, winner. <laughs> yeah, right. Nicolas Otamendi has an eye for red cards, but he can see. Um, you have your your uh, Gonzalo Guedes, right? Who has gone through. Yeah. And was going to be like the next big thing. Um, you have what's the name of the um, uh, the, the the defender? Um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, couldn't be me. But no. they have uh, Cabral, who came from Fiorentina, who actually was a very good number nine um, for Fiorentina last season. So I think the connection between Di Maria and and him. Uh, could be lethal for a lot of teams um, uh, in in the Champions League, but and guess what? Rafa Silva, who's in not... electric, also. They have who? Rafa Silva. Rafa. That, yes, they do have Rafa Silva. Juan Bernat, as was the player I was thinking about, who is hmm. seemingly been around the biggest clubs in Europe, never really made a mark, but always seems to be winning trophies. <laughs> regardless whether he's on the bench or not. Um, my point is, I, I agree. It's it's Inter and Benfica's um, group to lose. Mm, I, I know I'm actually feeling different, by the way, FYI. I'm not uh, Benfica. I'm not, I'm not on the bandwagon of Benfica in this group. After that, we just gave up. Manny, I just gave you such a good sales pitch. We just went over yeah. all this. No, nope. did not work. Because, because... Real Sociedad, they've um, they've drawn three games this season, but um, they are a team that can keep possession and frustrated the the, the other team. And I think that Take uh, Kubo um, is the player that 
like he's very good at finishing and and finding spaces between the defense. So my point is, I always think that possession with all these teams like Inter Milan and and um, and Benfica who play very direct is something that can kill these types of teams. And at the same time, some of these possession-based teams take a long time to score and, and they don't are not direct, right? They always just pass, pass around, pass around, and then they get countered. And then. So my point is, I think Real Sociedad actually, they, ve- they look very good this season, especially against the game against Real Madrid. Um, and I think they, I think they are, they will be the second team in, in this group, personally. Did I just right. piss the whole fan base off? All right. I didn't. All right. Good. Cool. Sounds good. Well, let's move on to um, this. Oh, gosh. Group E. I think when you said, by the way, when you said uh, Arsenal's group was the worst, I actually think this one, Group E, Feyenoord, uh, <laughs> Madrid, Lazio, and Celtic, is probably worse. <laughs> um, no offense to them. So, um, Feyenoord, for some reason, somehow, I don't know how they got this, but they were in pot one. Um, then we have Atletico Madrid, who have been doing well this season-ish. Um, then Lazio, and then Celtic. Um, I have nothing to say about this group, other than I would assume that Atletico Madrid will get out. And for the second team, I don't know. Any thoughts? Does anyone know anything that I don't know? Or do we just... Is this a one one team for sure group um has atletico madrid looked great i mean they've lost one drawn one in the league they've looked it's more a, it's, uh, it's, it's, they've, they've looked more fluid without you felix that's for sure <laughs> well i was gonna say it's a revitalized um atletico madrid for example before the the long break um, they had scored seven against Rayo Vallecano. Okay, I know it's Rayo Vallecano, but my point is they are a more attacking team. Um, and of of course they lost to Valencia last weekend. Um, let's let's not talk about that. But my point is th- this is a different Atlético Madrid. So I would assume that they they get out of this group like against the time. likes of Lazio and, and Celtic. Give it time. Simeone will will get them in line and will stop stop put a stop to all that <laughs> soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I think it's a different team now. Honestly, I think I don't know what happened. I didn't think a a coach that's been there for a, a long time could change his style like that. Um, but that's what we're seeing with Atletico Madrid. Um, Listen, football, yeah, like football I said, is, I, know uh, I was gonna say football is a is sports in general are are funny, right? I remember three seasons ago they were getting ready to sack Simeone only to then extend his contract and and keep him mm-hmm. at the most at the highest paid coach in the world right mm-hmm. and everyone said he's out he's out atletico's done um they don't play attacking football they don't play football period you know it's just like you know the most boring uh possession counter like you know i guess uh philosophy and tactics and look at the man now. He got rid of Jao Felix. Uh, uh, Griezmann came back. Uh, has looked revitalized. And Memphis Depay, who I thought was going to be a complete bust, has been anything but on this team. So I'm 
if you can't pick them, I mean, in this group, especially they got lucky with the draw, but it should be a breeze. It should be, they're more favorites for this finishing first than Real Madrid is in their group. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think I think no, I think Atletico would do would do well. The question is the second second place, right? And and I've seen I don't watch the the Dutch league, but I've seen that Feyenoord, um, they have the highest goal scored in in the Dutch league, uh, which says something, right? Because they are a very attacking side. Um, so, um, wait, you're not choosing to whom? Steady eye. You're not you're not gonna go with your steady eye. Yeah. So, bias. no, I don't. I don't trust I don't trust Lazio. Um, bec- even though yes they beat Napoli before the international break, um, I think Sari is like I don't understand Sari sometimes. Like I don't understand how he can do so well sometimes and just not and just play crap the, another time. Um, so I don't know the Lazio we're gonna get. Um, so that so that said, La- Lazio does play good good football. I do like the way they play. Uh, Immobile falls a lot, and I hate that, but it's whatever. Um, but they have Luis Alberto, who is such a good uh, playmaker, um, and then Anderson on the right side. I, I mean, um, very good uh, winger, right? So my point is like they have a solid team defensively. I I don't trust them uh, because they have Romagnoli, ex Milan player who. The reason why we kicked him out is because he's literally not good at defending. Um, so I think that's where they would suffer. But, you know, against the team I find out who's a very high-scoring team, I don't see how to survive that. I don't see how to survive Atletico Madrid. Um, and so that's why I think, for me, it's going to be Lazio third um, in the group. Well, I, you know, I've not even looked into Celtic, but I would assume they can handle Celtic. But, you know, again, Lazio has always disappointed Every time they're in the Champions League, they are always disappointing us. And so I've basically lost hope in this case. Wow. They did finish the last season. I'm surprised. It's going to be Lazio second. Um, no, no way. It's going to be Lazio second. Um, no offense to Bernard, but I just don't think that they have the depth uh, to get far um, or even out of the group stage. And... No offense to Celtic, but they lost probably the most important piece of that team, which was their head coach, who is now the uh, coach of Spurs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, we've seen, we've asked this question before in the past, like, who would you have? Would you rather have the players or would you rather have the coach? And the correct answer is we're seeing it. So, Well, it depends on the team, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, uh, Would you? Okay. Do you think City would rather have Holland or Pep? Holland would be. Uh, I don't think Holland would work. Uh, well, no, I take that back. Holland is an anomaly. I think Holland would score regardless, everywhere except for Chelsea. But um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, Pep. Come on, man. Like Pep. Pep can. Uh, he made. He's converted Kyle Walker, who who played for Spurs and made and got made fun of, into possibly a top. I'm not gonna say the top right back in the world, but at least top. Three I don't know any better right now. So, I'll just put it that way. Anyone that can make Kyle Walker look like uh, I don't know who 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 was like a top right back. Um, uh, your boy. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. It's a good question. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's let's stop talking about this group that is not fun, and let's talk about the group of death: um, PSG Dortmund, Milan, and Newcastle. Um, I'm just gonna say right now. I know everyone is discounting Milan. We lost 5-1 to Inter Milan. Blah 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 blah. So it was our first loss of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, but have you seen Newcastle play? Have you seen Dortmund play this season? Like that's the question I want to ask. Like that's what I want to get into. Um, even PSG. Have you seen PSG play? This? Oh, PSG looks crazy. Let's let's start with PSG. How how in the world is that team stacking Dembele? Mbappe, um, Ramos, like Jesus Christ, that front line alone, and then you have the um, Kolomuani, like like that team is crazy. PSG is just crazy. Um, I'm scared of PSG. That's one thing I'm scared of in this season. Although they have not been too hot or convincing, especially with the never mind the goal. Um, but what a team! I mean, that team is just. I don't know. I, I, have any of you watched that game this season? Or had a chance to? Yes. I've watched a few exactly... highlights. No, go ahead, Manny. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yes, it's exactly like watching uh, Spain, the Spanish national team playing, oh, yeah. which is like 2,047 passes with a, with a 93% um, completion rate uh, with two shots on goal. Uh, that that's that's pretty much been PSG. It's crazy to me how, again, you, there's all this talent, but they want to walk the ball in, uh, you know. And Bori, I I I wasn't sold on uh, Milan getting out of this group, uh, but I think about the rest of the teams. Dortmund lost Jude, which arguably. Uh, you know, was the glue in that on that team and probably the most important player. Um, PSG is, you know, death by a thousand passes. And then Newcastle is not looked so good at all this season. Um, it's They've regressed tremendously. Um, I know that they've had injuries here and there, but it'll be interesting to see... Um, how they deal with it because the coach is it's going to be his first time as well it's eddie how you know he's never been in european competition so they're all you know he's a this is all new to him um Luis Enrique has been around um and obviously milan you know have had a solid uh last two seasons if you will so i gotta agree with you man as much as I wanted to say that Milan is not going to make it out, I don't see how you guys don't make it out of this, even though you just get thrashed by the better Milan team. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Milan and, um, I-, I don't know, man, PSG. I just feel like there's just way too much. PSG is just like an Mbappe uh, counterattack away from from right. scoring, and then that's it. Like, that's all they need. And then they just sit back and... Yeah. Well, pass the ball a thousand times and play possession for it, the rest of the game. It's a good point you're bringing. Actually, I do want to talk about that because um, how do you play against this PSG side, right? So, I've mentioned two very fast players, um, you know, on the left and on the right with Dembele and, and Mbappe. 
Um, that is the way you play. You just have to, you know, sit deep and then counterattack because there's no way you're going to have a high line with these two players on the field, right? So that said, I think PSG are beatable. The question is just if the teams have enough quality to beat them. And I think with this group being the, the group of death, anything's possible, right? I'm not saying that PSG is not going to qualify from this group. I'm just saying that if the t- the other teams play their cards right, they could have the last laugh, right? And, and I'm not saying that Milan is going to be one of those teams that has that last laugh. They are definitely a stacked team. You can't, and people will realize that when they're playing them, that you can't just play the normal way that you usually play as, a, as the opponent. Um, so so that's, you know, my point is that Luis Enrique, I love him, but he has a hard time with, um, I feel like he's instilled, like getting his teams to to have that final score the goal, right? Like they they can keep possession all they want, and that's fine. But they are always a counterattack away from from getting conceded, from conceding goals. And PSG is, has not kept a, a clean sheet um, except for the first game that they played against Lorient. Um, and so, and they lost against Nice just this last weekend. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, let's move on to uh, to Milan. Um, I know, yes, the 5-1 situation was not ideal. Um, but I do think this team plays attacking football. And um, I think the whole Inter Milan thing was a, was a mistake, to be honest, was was a bad misjudgment from our coach. Um, and I think, honestly, the fact that it happened now is a good thing for us because I think we are now going to be approaching all our Champions League games differently than we thought originally. So I think that's going to lead to us, I think, leading, leading to us leaving the group um, probably as the second team in the group. Justin, are you going to say no? Um, I was thinking, you know, whether I, I think Newcastle, if they can get their defense sorted, they could just be like a very annoying team to play against because they were solid at you know for long long stretches of last season they were very solid defensively, um, and they could just be very frustrating perhaps to a, a side like PSG who wants to own possession or um, Milan if they could like you know draw Milan out and then make you vulnerable to a counterattack or something like that with Isak. Um, but after after thinking about it more, I, I think PSG, you know, they lost Messi. They lost Neymar. They gained, I think, an opportunity to become a real football side now. <laughs> like, right? To be, like, actually have being more tactically um, disciplined, being more, like, it, the, obviously the focus is going to be Mbappe, but that's fine. He's one of the, he's like a top three bet player in the world, you know, at, at, at the least. So I think having one superstar surrounding him with the right pieces, it's a new era for them. And as time goes on, I think they're going to start rolling. And I think this will be their competition to kind of look more, to show what they can do um, in this new era that they're entering into. Um, maybe that will all get thrown out the window if like Mbappe starts making noise about 
wanting his transfer again come January, but that won't affect the group stage at least. So I think it's going to be PSG, and I will give it to uh, your side, Bori Milan. I think we'll also get out of this group. Yeah, w- one quick thing about Newcastle. Um, let's even forget the run of form this season, right? Um, I think one thing is the the lack of experience that they have in the Champions League. And I know maybe some people may think like experience doesn't matter and people are just going to play. But like, I think Newcastle is mostly used to playing teams that are just like, you know, Premier League teams running nonstop, and physical, all that stuff. Now, they have to be more tactical when the game's the Champions League. They have to be, and I don't know if Eddie Howe, can be that tactical to beat another tactical team, right? So, like, you know, in Syria, everything is like you play positions, you, you know, you're tactical, you have to be in this right place at this, this at this time. Like, everything is like based on like some tactics, right? Um, not saying Newcastle doesn't play tactics, but in the Premier League, it's more like you know, go, 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 and and you know, let's penetrate the the left flank or the right flank, whatever. So I think that's one thing they may struggle with is the different styles of plays. Um, and that could be and that will be the lack of experience both on the coach's side and, and the player's side, right? So I mean some of these players have played in Champions League, but not a lot of them, right? Like where I think Trippi has played in Champions League, Tonali. Um, so they do have some experience, but I think it's that's going to be their shortcoming. Even if they were on form, I would still say that I don't think Newcastle will have what it takes to get up this group. Uh, but hey, this is the Champions League and anything can happen. So um, I think we'll find out tomorrow <laughs> when they play AC Milan. All right. Um, so let's move on to Group E, G. Um, City, Leipzig, um, Young Boys. What this third team, is, is that Sliver Prague? No, it's uh, Red Star Belgrade. Oh, Red Star Belgrade. Okay. Um, well, so that says a lot. Um, <laughs> but um, I think, I mean, let's be honest. City is going to obliterate this group. I think the question is who the second well, team will be. Uh, oh. No, I'm joking. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think we, we're going to say anything much other than maybe it's probably going to be Arby Lysbik. Obviously, I don't work, watch uh, Red Star or, or Young Boys, and even I've not watched Leipzig. Well, actually, no, I did watch Leipzig this season. Oh, they did win the uh, um, the German Super Cup um, against the- Bayern Munich and denying Kane. Um, and Daniel Omo was good in that game, um, actually. So, um, so yeah, I don't see any. I think the way the league is set up right now is the way it's going to end, unless Manny has something else to say. No, I don't think. Uh, I think. Um, think that last season kind of gave a glimpse into Bayern Munich and um, the problems that they're going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, believe it or not, guys, I come from a club where there's turmoil in upper management. I don't know if you guys believe that or knew that. So I can recognize when something like that is going on at another club. And I feel like Bayern is about, shit is about to hit the fan, so to speak. Um, the problem is they kind of double down uh, on Thomas Tuchel 
and they need to pretty much back them and make them work. Um, thing is that the results haven't been um, promising or just, you know, at all inspiring. In fact, there's been a lot of rumors about how behind the scenes in the locker room, the locker room is broken, divided. We've seen that with, you know, Sadio Mane leaving after like one season, he got sold. And uh, we've seen like a lot of like really, really um, uh, questionable uh, lineups being put out. Right. There's there's rumors that even like uh, a staple in that in that midfield on that team, like Joshua Kimmich um, is like on bad terms, for example, with like Google. So you never know what's going on um, all of this. So it doesn't make it any easier for Bayern. And I actually I contrary to what Bori says, I disagree. I don't think Bayern is going to win the Bundesliga this this year. I think it'll be the first time that they lose. And how long? Like. Where did Byron talk, you, Manny? When you before you joined, Manny, are uh, you? Is this your roundabout way for saying? I know. What, for saying how RB Leipzig is gonna be second in this group. Um, <laughs> I think honestly, I could see. No, no, no. They, yeah, they'll be second in this group. Um, but in the domestically, domestically, I think they're gonna do oh, a lot better see. than than Bayern. So. Gotcha. I actually. I think I think I think Bayern will be fine to be honest um in the in the Bundesliga but um but yeah no I hear what you're saying there's chaos right now going on in in Bayern so I I see I see your point um but yeah anyways let's move on to the last group because we have to talk about Barcelona and and Porto and Shakhtar Donetsk in Antwerp um Barcelona has been I'm not sure like I watch I I love watching Barcelona but They've been okay. Um, we have the 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 wonder kid, uh, Lamine Yamal, um, who's doing very well now, and and Lewandowski is trying to score goals as much as he can. But they seem like a suspect team to me. And what I mean by that is they seem like a team that you sure they look like they're winning, but are they actually winning, or like are they just going through the motions and somehow can out the win but that said i'm just gonna break this group into i'm just gonna break everything right now i'm gonna give porto the, the throne to this group and then give barcelona a second that's my roundabout way of saying barcelona looks like a very up and down team this season so i will i expect that porto would actually win this group any thoughts I mean, I uh, I dislike Barcelona as much as any other. We're not talking about not. disliking. We're not talking about disliking. Tell us. Uh, well, tell us I mean, I'm, I'm no, I'm saying I dislike them probably more than any other team out there. But uh, but even I can't discount the fact that uh, that's a little crazy. That's some crazy talk, Corey. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like in this group, right? Um, Let's, let's be honest. It'll be Antwerp who finishes first, and then uh, Shakhtar. <laughs> now, um, there's there's no way Barcelona is not finishing first in this group. Like, it, it would be, I think, unfathomable to, for them to finish anything outside of that. Porto is decent, but they've also like sold uh, a few good players um, this past uh, transfer window. So, 
uh, you know, for everything that's said about Barcelona and how sometimes they're on, they're hot, they're cold. It's it's the same. Um, I think it's like the same situation as like PSG. There's just way too much talent to discount in because all you need is just one player, and they have a few of those players. And you just name one of them, uh, Lamine Yamal, uh, that that can change it in like the snap of a you know of a finger. So Barcelona first, Porto second. Um, thank you to the remaining teams for participating and showing up to the games. Yeah, Shakhtar's in a difficult situation, obviously, um, seeing as the home nation of many of their players and of the club itself is currently being invaded. So they can't actually play home games at home. I think they're playing in Hamburg, Germany for their home games. So that's a big detriment to them. Um, They've also lost some players, um, obviously, over the course of the past couple transfer windows, two, three transfer windows. so I think it kind of has to go to Porto by default. I don't know enough about Antwerp, um, but maybe maybe they can throw in a surprise or wrench in the works. But um, I do disagree with you though, Boria. I, I think I think Barca is gonna is gonna do quite well in this group. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think yeah, we'll see how the longevity of this of Barca's injury list. I think that's the only other thing where like you know. Um, if, if Lamine Yamal was injured, for example, who plays, you know, um, but, um, yeah, I, I like it. I love, I love, I love that we're, we're, we're discussing, discussing this way and, um, we'll see what happens and we're going to play this podcast at the end of the group stage. Uh, and then we're going to laugh at each other. Hold on. There's, getting... there's one more group. There's no other group. Come on. Yeah. Are you going to make you, a joke you, about you left? No, you left group I. Uh, group I for imaginary. Uh, that's oh. Chelsea, Roma. Oh, gosh. Uh, who else is there? Who are the last two teams? Spurs. Spurs. can't remember what the last one is. Um, well, they can be in the same group because you already have uh, <laughs> Chelsea. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea. I, I mean, I'm sorry, Chelsea and, and Liverpool. I mean, seriously. I mean, big teams ah. missing miss this time around. Juve, yeah. That's who it was, Juve. That was the fourth team on that group. Yeah. Group I for imaginary. It's all good. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea's going to come out on top, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that's all we have today. Thank you all for listening. We're on uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.